Hey, hoop ballers, are you into sports betting? Do you want to know why a certain game has a funky line? Well, HoopBall has you covered. Today in sports betting is a great addition to all your handicapping questions with hosts Ira Silver and Devin Ellington. We break down game lines and future bets on all sports and try to make some money along the way. Follow us on Twitter at HoopBallGaming, at Ira Silver Magic, and at D-A-L-E-007. And download Today in Sports Betting in the App Store, Google Play, and available on Spotify. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What is going on? It is the Hoop Ball Clippers podcast, and we are devastated, to say the least, after the Clippers lose on a Luka Doncic 3. We're not going to waste much time before we get to today's guest, Justin Wilson of LA Clippers film, but we, before we get there, God tell you, of course, about, you know who we, who I'm talking about, right? Manscaped. Support for HoopBall is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Do you need to be tamed down there? Is it out of control? Are you getting messy? How about the Lawnmower 3.0? What Manscaped has just done is they spent 18 months perfecting the greatest hair trimmer ever created, the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation f- trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accents. I know that you have accidentally used scissors before and you've cut down there. It has not been good. Maybe even you've used it on your face. You've got a whisker that you're trying to get loose and you used a scissor and you accidentally cut some skin. Manscaped will help you down there. They'll also help you up there they have their advanced skin safe technology to make sure that you do not get hurt while shaving when i tell you this is premium i mean premium the battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave you can take it into the shower because they have that water resistant technology and of course if it's a little bit dark you got that led light which shines on the area to make sure that you know exactly what you're doing and you're not getting hurt while you're grooming because that's what this is all about right you want a product that's going to make sure that you don't get hurt and that's what the manscapes lawnmower 3.0 will give you i want you to get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code hoopball20 at manscaped.com get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code hoopball20 at manscaped.com let's talk some basketball all right, I said I'm not wasting any time getting into this. Very quick intro and quick to Justin Wilson of LA Clippers film. We are recording this about 15 minutes after this game four loss in which the Clippers went up big, thought the Clippers could have run away with this with no poor Zingas. Dallas comes back. Dallas takes the lead in which you thought, okay, the Clippers can't come back. The Clippers do come back. Then we get to overtime. And Justin, we're starting with the last shot. I kept writing things down as the game was going on and where I wanted to start with this. But the podcast writes itself here on that last shot by Luca to win the game. And I texted you right before that possession, and you tweeted the exact same thing. If Reggie Jackson is on the floor to defend Luca, then I am going to lose it. And that's exactly what happened, man. I mean, it it was it's right there prior to um the shot by Luca. Like I I, I tweeted it in full caps you texted me almost exactly at the same time take Reggie out and he didn't and you know I, I've been harping on um 
I've been harping on bad process versus good process this entire series. And Doc Rivers thinking Reggie Jackson is the defender, which he literally said out of his mouth is bad, terrible process. And when you perform bad process, the potential for chaos is great. And against a team as offensively um, powerful as Dallas, you, you see it. I just don't get it. I, I don't get it. He said before the game, we can't have these minutes with Lou, Sham, Reggie together. And he went to the Lou and Reggie lineup, and that's the lineup that got them to where they are. But with one possession left, and you know, you know that they're going to do whatever possible to make Kawhi, who was guarding Luka, by the way. Initially, Kawhi was guarding Luka, but Kawhi easily allowed for that switch to happen. And there were a couple times during that overtime where they didn't allow it to happen, and they didn't allow it to happen in the fourth quarter. And instead, they just let it happen. Reggie Jackson is on an island. Luka made an incredible shot, okay? That, that's the probability of that shot going in. I would say for a guy like Luka, probably around 25 to 30% with the way that he shoots threes and how probably far Probably even away. less than that, man. Yeah, yeah, pro- exactly. But just the moment and who he is, I'm giving him that extra probably 5 or 10%. But you know that's what's going to happen, and yet you allow it to happen, and you don't adjust. And we've seen time and time again this series – and there's no one that's been harder on Reggie Jackson than Justin Russo on Twitter at fly by night. I mean, he has been going off on him and Reggie has been very good at, in spurts offensively. I mean, he was shooting about 50% from three. And I think still is in this series and has been great, but on that one possession, I just don't get it. What? I don't know if there's an explanation and I got one. Go ahead. So, and it all circles back to Paul George. If you watch the fourth quarter in the beginning of overtime, it was very clear that the Clippers did not want to switch. But if you look at like the last like 30 seconds or so of overtime, um, it, uh, it, Kawhi switched to like a couple of possessions. And in my opinion, it's because he got fatigued. That I, I have no way of backing that up. And I think that he got fatigued. And when you're when you are fatigued, you're much more willing to give up switches. And he would not have been as fatigued if he didn't have to burn out because the other guy, the other Mac guy, completely shitted on himself. So he had to carry a much higher load and he may have burnt out at the end. And that which led him to um, switching. Yeah. By the way, Kawhi played 46 minutes. Paul George played 45 minutes. Um, we'll talk about Zoo later. Um, he only played 21 minutes. I'm just looking at the starters. And, I mean, Lou Williams is unbelievable. Um, but we'll get to these guys. It's just, I, I want to move on. But at some point, what do you do now? Because if you're Doc Rivers, and there are people on Twitter. By the way, these people on Twitter do not know how to coach better than Doc Rivers. That Thank be- you. That being said... If there are people on Twitter that can identify what's going wrong and the adjustments not being made, what can you say? Uh, I, I it, it, Well, I'll say that he's getting completely undressed by Rick Carlisle. Mm-hmm. And, and the Clippers are so obviously better than the Mavericks that the fact that we are here at a 2-2 series if this for if they if they bow out in the first round, I, I I don't know how he returns as a Clipper coach because literally he made a switch 
to Marcus Morris late at the center position when the game was dead in the water. And the Clippers basically, if you look at the score from that time mm -hmm. to the end of the game, they, I'm pretty sure they won convincingly. Yeah. So my, my point, my point is, is that the solutions to a lot of what Dallas is doing is right there. It's literally right there. Zubac was a plus like nine and only played 21 minutes. It, the solutions are just so apparent. They're so right there. And for Doc Rivers to almost intentionally, you could, you could, if somebody told me that Doc was intentionally throwing the series, I would believe it because the Clippers got up 21 and he starts playing Trez incredibly amount an incredible amount of minutes mm -hmm. he runs the Lou Trez Reggie Jackson lineup that has been terrible all series he runs it all the way to the ground until the Mavericks have the house on fire and then when the game is completely essentially out of reach he decides to let me do something more competent like let's match up and like throw Marcus Morris at the center and it almost won them the game so the like it's a long-winded way of saying the answers are right there and they are completely Doc Rivers is completely shitting the bed as a as a coach in the series. It's it's surprising because I was giving him praise all season in which this was one of his better coaching jobs in terms of yes he has a lot of talent to work with but he has so much talent that he's got to figure out who's going to get minutes and when who's going to play center who's going to play shooting guard small forward power forward how how are you going to incorporate Marcus Morris into the team and the Clippers still finished with the number two seed in the West and were one shot away from being up 3-1 in their first round series against Dallas. That being said, there was no Porzingis in this game. There was no Pat Beverly in this game. So Dallas was missing their number two player. The Clippers were missing probably their number three player, you can say right now. In this series, he's their number two or three player. You probably have Kawhi and Marcus Morris and Zoo right there, and then Pat Bev as well. But the thing that's surprising here is that these are simple adjustments, like, like simple adjustments, and I want to move on. I really do want to move on. But that last possession, I just can't get away from it because it seems so obvious that when you have a guy that's played poorly defensively all series, you take him out. You put someone like Magruder in, like Terrence Mann, Terrence Mann in, someone with length that has energy and has that ability to stay with Luka and contend for that final shot. That that's the one. That's the final thing I'll say on that possession. You go ahead and say your final piece. Um, in regards to that, and in regards to the last possession, I think um, Reggie Jackson being in the game is kind of inexcusable. And Kawhi Leonard switching is inexcusable. And even when the switch occurred, Luca danced for like three, he danced for three seconds and then stepped back. Kawhi Leonard could have just ran at him and forced him to pass the ball. Yep. Um, just, just, a, just a brain fart. Like there's not enough time for Luca Doncic to pass the ball. And if Maxi Kleber, who Kawhi Leonard was guarding at the end, is going to beat us, then so be it. We deserve to lose anyway. But just, just all time bad performance from Doc Rivers there and I, I Kawhi Leonard melt, melted down there and I, I truly do believe part of that at the end was um was due to Kawhi Leonard being fatigued but and I'll say one more thing which is that on August 19th I said that the Clippers margin for victory gets close to razor thin I mean the margin for error 
gets close to razor thin with no Patrick Beverly. And I truly do believe that. And I've been saying that for the entire season, they look like a completely different team when he's not on the floor. And they definitely don't win the championship if Patrick Beverly isn't healthy. And obviously they may not get out of this series without him. Yeah, I agree. I think that it's, he's so important to what this team does. And for doc, I mean, now it's, it's, it's time to back up your name and you have done so much and you've won so much throughout your career. This game five will determine the series. I think if the Clippers lose game five, they lose the series. If they win game five, I think they'll win the series. That's how important this game is coming up. Would you agree? Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Um, they This is the series is in the balance. It's a crucial game five. Um, Doc's, Doc, you could argue that Doc's career as a Clippers head coach is on the line with, with, with game five. Because I don't see how the Clippers are going to beat them two times in a row if they drop game five. Which I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna roll to the wheels fall off. I don't believe that's gonna happen because you just see certain moments throughout this series where, whether it be the beginning of game one, beginning the ending of game one, the beginning of today's game, they clearly are the superior team to me, and they are just putting their foots in their mouth, and and they are so much of the superior team that it took a Luka Doncic game winner in overtime, despite Paul George scoring, like having the game that he had, right? Like, like they won by one with Paul George basically playing 47 minutes of like pure shit, you know? Mm -hmm. So no, I mean, just look at it through the first three quarters, Kawhi PG and Marcus Morris were seven for 29. That's under 25%. Those three guys, and they came back. I mean, it really is going to come up to those three guys and how they shoot. And the Clippers' offense is very good. And we'll, we'll see what changes Doc makes because he's going to have to do something. And it really is right there in front of him. And this game five is just absolutely massive. You assume KP would come back. And continuing on with the coaching decisions, because that seems to be kind of the theme of what we're going to talk about. You mentioned Trez and you mentioned Zoo and you mentioned Marcus Morris with a center position. And this is where I was going to start the podcast off if the Clippers won. Instead, we'll get to it now about 12 minutes in. With Doc Rivers, I don't know what's going on with the fear of playing Zoo big minutes because his conditioning isn't bad. And in that first half, Zoo was a plus 19, plus 19 at the end of that first half, okay? And the Clippers still were not running away with the game at that point. And that shows you how poorly they were doing, like you said, in those Trez minutes. Montrez Harrell finished as a minus 19 in a game that the Clippers lost by two. Minus 19. Reggie Jackson, by the way, was a plus 16, which is just bonkers. But minus 19, he was one for two from the field. No free throw attempts. One rebound. In 17 minutes, one rebound in 17 minutes. And I was talking about this before the series started that I thought yep. you might see Trez get eased into it, probably pay him about 10 to 15 minutes. Zoo was doing so well going into this series. And Justin, Zoo had dominated Dallas throughout the po throughout the year. I mean, he had done so well against them and they have not found a way to stop them yet. 
the Clippers stop themselves by taking Zoo off the court. It doesn't make sense to me. I mean, I, again, I, before game three, before game three, I said this isn't Trez series. Mm-hmm. And um, in fact... Why do you say that, by the way? Why do you say that? Well, because I don't think he is a actual playoff level center. Mm-hmm. I, and, I, I, and the reason why I say that is because he's small, doesn't rebound, doesn't protect the rim, and doesn't space the floor. And he get and his best asset is his motor and energy. But what happens when you're in the playoffs and you have to play big, big guys and all of them are matching your energy level because of the urgency behind the games that are being played? I, I didn't I just didn't think he had a place in this series. I don't think he has a place in the series against the Bucks. I don't think he has a place in the series against the Lakers. And and I think, you know, it's the danger of allowing it's the danger of um using the regular season to, 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 to as bad process, right? Mm-hmm. If you play Trez 18 minutes in the regular season and he gets the sixth man of the year award, you play Trez 18 straight minutes, all of these fourth quarters, he has averages 19 a game, gets the sixth man of the year award. That's great. But that's bad process because that's actually not replicable come playoff time when you're actually playing against teams that actually matter. So I just didn't, I just think that from a size and defense perspective, he he can't he can't play, and then on offense he's just he's not a floor spacer, and that is inherently a flaw. So I I if he if he shouldn't play at all for the rest of the series, but if he does, the minutes need to be really short, short bursts, and 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 leave it at that. He's definitely going to play. I mean, Doc is not going to bench him. It's as simple as that. And. You bring up a good point with the Bucks thing because the Clippers very likely could face the Bucks if the Clippers get to the finals. First, you got to win this round. But just like Boban has absolutely murdered the Clippers whenever he's been in and matched up against Trez, Robin Lopez is going to do the same exact thing. These guys are tall centers going up against Trez, who is undersized. He's got the energy. He's got the effort. There's no doubt about that. But Montrez Harrell is not 100% right now. I mean, he has not been playing basketball for a very long time, and you're throwing him into a huge series. And I want to quickly say something to you, Justin. Montrez Harrell, if you're saying all these things about him, about who he can't play in a series like this, which I think there are points where he makes sense in this series, there's no way you can pay a guy like that 90 to 100 mil this offseason. I mean, and there's zero chance. And if that's the case... As much as we all love Trez, he doesn't make sense to stay on the Clippers next year. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't, I, I don't think. Again, I've said way before this Dallas Mavericks series that Zubac is better than Montrez Harold, and I am. I, it's not even a serious thing when it's like it's it's easy to shit on Trez right now, and I think he's a fine player. Oh, he's a I great player. He's a, he's a great. He's player. a fine player. Yeah, but like. He, 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 it's, it's funny because we used to have these discussions with like the Clippers closing lineup mm-hmm. and prior going into the season, the Clippers basically said that Trez and Lou would be a part of their closing lineup. And that's dangerous because in the playoffs, you're going to struggle trying to get stopped at the end playing two negative guys. And Trez is a center. So him being a bad defender only extrapolates that. And so 
for me, um, he's definitely not worth that money. And anything to make Zubac play more. That dude is an all-star waiting to happen. And maybe I'm the, I don't know if I'm the only one that sees this, but like he's he's incredible. And the Clippers go from title contenders to like floundering first round guys when Zubac is on the bench. He and Patrick Beverly completely changed the team. You said that the sky is the limit for him is what you said during the game. And uh, that's a tweet that you ripped out about how the sky is the limit for Zoo. Why do you believe that? What about his game impresses you the most? Um, I, I, I tweeted it during the game. I'm out of superlatives for him. Um, his conditioning went from mediocre to he runs like a deer now. Mm-hmm. He catches everything. He's a fantastic screener. He dunks everything. Um, you know, I, I, he's huge. He's one of the best rim protectors in the league. Um, I have no doubt that he could replicate Trez's production with elite defense, uh, with elite defense had he got Trez's level of minutes, especially in the fourth quarter. So I, I, I believe that if somebody like Rudy Gobert can make an all-star game, that Zoo can come close to that. That he's makes that, sense. He's that good. And he has chemistry. He has great chemistry with everyone. And like, it's just really disappointing to see Dot not have the faith. Paul, Paul George threw an absolute fastball into him within probably five feet, and Zoo caught it. I don't know how he caught it. He went up and he missed the dunk, but just showed how good his hands have improved from last year and just how much he has improved as a basketball player. And like you said, he, he really does have a lot that he can become, and he still is very young. I, I just mentioned Paul George, and I want to move to him because – I don't know what's going on. There was a moment in the game where he had a wide-open three. Pat made an extra pass. I think it was to Kawhi. There was a moment in which he blew by his defender, got to the elbow, passed up an open elbow shot. Yet late in the game, he attacked the hoop, got a layup, did it again, and missed the layup. You've played the game of basketball, and you mm-hmm. you understand what's going on. Explain to me I, I, what's going on with Paul George. Um... I, I'll say I'll say this. Um, I, I I will clarify. I'm, I am not a psychologist, right? Like I'm not a doctor, right? For sure. I mean, from, with his game, being, yeah. But from being around the culture of basketball all my life, um, I think it's pretty obvious that Paul George is shook. He shook because there's no reason for Paul if you just watch the way he's playing for most of the game, he's literally not even trying to make mistakes. And the only thing he feels comfortable doing is shooting jumpers. And it's, and, and, and that's because he's a great shooter. So when you're, when you're nervous or you're shook, you go back to what you're most comfortable with. And that's shooting the ball. I mean, he's one of the best ball handlers for his size and he's getting picked. He got ripped today. Um, He's not even trying. He's not even. I think he took two free throws in like 47 minutes. He's not even trying to play. And that's probably like my biggest issue with him is that he's not even trying. He's just playing to protect himself and not like fuck up. And in return, he's giving the, and as a result, he's giving the Clippers nothing. So to me, it's just pretty obvious that he's, um, he's playing, he's playing frightened out there. And, if, if this it's inexcusable it's inexcusable and he's got to get out of his own head and he's got to come out guns blazing i gotta tell you one thing that's never good 
when you go to social media in the middle of a series. That's never a good thing, and that's exactly what he did. And it's clearly, like you said, it's in his head. There's no doubt about that. And what he has done over the last several games offensively is, I mean, it it really is something that is unexpected. He was 3 for 14 today, 3 for 16 in game 3, 4 for 17 in game 2. You add that up, he is 10 for his last 47 from the field. That is very bad, and it's almost 20% from the field. I mean, he has got to be the guy that we saw that attacks the hoop, gets the free throw line, and is comfortable shooting threes. You and I mentioned this, that we wanted to see him take 10 or 11 threes per game, and now we're getting to the point where we don't want him shooting, and it's crazy <laughs> what the playoffs do to you, man. It's it's discussed all throughout the regular season. There's regular season basketball, and that's where a guy like Trez dominates, and you can play him for 12 to 18 straight minutes, and he just kills it offensively. But then there's the postseason, and things slow down, and adjustments are made. I mean, Rick Carlisle has made adjustments throughout this series where he has targeted Reggie Jackson. He has brought in Boban to play against Trez. He has used uh, Trey Burke and Seth Curry brilliantly. I mean, the minutes without Luka on the floor the Clippers were getting killed the first couple games. And now there's no Porzingis. And it just seems like Rick Carlisle knows exactly what to do. And so going back to my original point with Paul George, the playoffs are a different animal. And right now it seems like he's being eaten up with the playoffs, which is very surprising for a guy that has had good games. But that being said, there is this thing that hovers around him, this cloud right over him where he has had his playoff struggles. And unfortunately, that's rearing its ugly head right now, and I'm not sure. If you're Doc Rivers, what do you do? What Justin, if you are Doc Rivers, what do you do to get Paul George going? Because I don't think the Clippers can win this series, and I don't think they can win the NBA title without Paul George being the number two option. Um, he has to get himself going, like, and, and that's the reality of it. He's, he's, he's playing 47 minutes. If you play 47 minutes and you you and in like in like half of that time you're playing without Kawhi Leonard because Doc is staggering, you're the one. If you can't get if if Paul George can't manufacture more than two free throws and like and like ten points um, in 47 minutes, then there's nothing Doc Rivers or the coaching staff can do. Like like that game was in the that that game was in the balance and like. You saw Marcus Morris make big plays. You saw Reggie Jackson make big plays. You saw Lou Williams make big plays. If you, again, if you play 47 minutes and that is the level of impact that you have on the offensive floor, offensive game, then, like, there's there's no helping you. There's no helping you. He's got to get his, his own self out of this. Oh, I just don't know how you do that. I mean, you got to figure it out, and you got to become a star NBA player right now. I mean, the Clippers trade away. SGA, Gallo, and a boatload of picks to get this guy. And right now, he is not giving you enough. And I understand that PG was coming along with Kawhi and that Kawhi probably would have never came without PG. But you have a lot of pressure on your shoulders. And he admitted that he is not that guy that is the number one option that is going to be that person that you, I think you mentioned it, on Twitter a couple of days ago. He's not going to be that guy like James Harden that misses eight straight shots and then goes and still takes the ninth. Like, that's just not who Paul George is 
but he has got to figure a way to get himself involved in this series. And if you're Doc Rivers, I think the first two or three plays of game number five have to be for Paul George. And if he is a guy that is going to hurt you on the offensive end, you've got to make adjustments. And there's something that needs to be done. I don't know what it is that you can do because he was helping out in other areas last game. And that is why the Clippers won that despite the poor offensive performance, he was still getting rebounds and assists and steals. And he was contributing in this game. He didn't do as much of that. And he is a star defender and he has been good this series, but man, this, this is game five. This this is the, Oh God, I, I, this always happens to the Clippers, man. You have the Lob City Clippers where all these expectations are on this team and they go and they lose to a team like Houston when they have that 3-1 series lead. And now here we are. And I was dead wrong about Dallas, by the way. I, I said all along I wanted Dallas. I thought this was a team that you could sweep. You own them during the regular season. I was very wrong about this team. You are in a dogfight now. And I just don't know where you go next. And... This, again, is why Doc Rivers gets paid and why he is going to be a Hall of Fame head coach because of moments like this. And it's going to be fascinating to see, Justin, what happens next. I mean, I, 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 hate, to, I hate to go back to this, but it's the primary reason why I said I didn't want to play the Dallas Mavericks, mm-hmm. just because things get shaky. Yeah. Like, if Patrick Beverly gets hurt, I mean – even even if we had a fully healthy squad, right? Um, you just don't want to play a team with Porzingis and like Luka Doncic. He's gonna be first team All NBA. Like he's a, he's a superstar. That like being said, order. yeah. That being said, though, if Pat Beverly is healthy, he's the one that's in the game and not Reggie Jackson. So I mean, I think you can make a point that Patrick Beverly is probably who do you think is more important in this series, Zoo or Patrick Beverly? Uh, I'd probably lean zoo, but okay. it's close. Yeah. And like, I'm actually in the middle of um, I, right now, people think I'm excusing the Clippers or like basically saying the reason why they lost is that they're missing Patrick Beverly and everything like that. And people are saying, no, no excuses, no excuses. And it's like, yeah, if you've watched the Clippers the entire season, and you can check my track record. If you check, they are they are a completely different team without Patrick Beverly, and it it just bleeds through. And um, he's he kind of has a Draymond Green like effect on the team. Mm-hmm. And without him, we really 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 struggle to patch up his minutes. And and like I said, I, I think Zoo is probably more important, but it's close. It's definitely close. Let's pause for a moment to tell you about our friends at MyBookie. Sports are back. They are in full swing. We got the postseason basketball. We got the postseason in hockey. We've got Premier League around the corner in September. We've got baseball going on. We have sports galore. The U.S. Open and tennis is around the corner. College football is around the corner in a couple of conferences. The NFL is coming up. Sports are back, and you know what that means. That means that our friends at MyBookie want you to bet. They want you to win, and they will pay. It is amazing what you can do over at MyBookie. You can go with some live in-game bets. If you like the way the game is going for a team, even though they're losing, you can throw some money and make some money on a team, whoever that might be. You've got props before the game 
during the game that you can bet on. You, of course, have future bets. There are all these opportunities to make some money, and my bookie is accepting bets on all of these events. There has never been a better time to start exploring the world of online sports betting. Join today. My bookie will match your deposit 100%, plus they'll toss you a free $10 MLB future wager. All you got to do is enter the promo code HOOPBALL when signing up. That is the promo code HOOPBALL when signing up. Remember, at my bookie, the terms are simple. You bet, you win, they pay. Uh, uh, the If you look at the Clippers box score, I mean, Marcus Morris did not have a good game offensively. He was three for nine. Landry Shamit, three for eight. And I feel like for some reason, Shamit was gone in that second half. I feel like they just did not play Shamit in that second half. And it's weird because Doc says, you know what, we need to get him. And you and I were talking about Landry Shamit. And I thought that, you know, insert him in the starting lineup, get him some shots, get him some confidence because you need him in the series. Then you get him some confidence. And Shamit had an enormous dunk last game. He hits a couple three-pointers in this game. And then you don't see him for a while. It's just, I don't know. I'm telling you, coaching is damn difficult. It is damn difficult. And I'm not going to sit here and just throw Doc Rivers under the bus because there's a reason why Doc Rivers has won the titles he has won. But that being said, you have to continue to ride these guys. If you're going to say you're going to give them confidence and you're going to let them play and then you don't play them, Landry Shamit played 23 minutes. 23 minutes of 53. I just don't think that's acceptable in this series. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a it's something that again one of the reasons why um, one of the reasons why um, you kind of hesitate with quote unquote depth is because Doc coaches sometimes lean too heavily on it, like Doc. I think he's playing a little too many people. Like like Zubac, Zubac, Andrew Shemet. If they're going to be your starters, then they they can't they can't play that little amount of minutes. I think I I know we're talking about Landry Shemet, which yeah. he definitely should have played more. But I think Zubac played twenty one minutes in an overtime game. Twenty one. Yeah. That's that's inexcusable. That's inexcusable. I I think I think I'm I'm looking I'm looking now and. And Shamit played 23 minutes in in a fifth in an overtime game. That's what I'm saying. 23 game, so. of 53 minutes. Yeah, I, I he probably should have wrote the starters a lot more. And like I'm looking at the box score, and we've got one, two, three, four. We've got four guys that played like 13 minutes or more. Like I'll I'll, I'll put it to you like this: Montrezl Harold played 17 minutes. And was a minus nineteen. Yeah, Jamichael Green played thirteen minutes and was a plus one in the game that we lost by two. Mm-hmm. My my point though, my point is that, um, I and I kind of tweeted this. Everything about this game in this series is revolving around how Doc Rivers has handled the center rotation. If you look at his performance in Game Three, when the center rotation was a bit more ideal the Clippers won that pretty solidly they were going away with it even when even before Luka Doncic got hurt um today it was a dumpster fire and you see the results so and the moment and again the moment Marcus Morris got to the center position uh the Clippers almost won the game so 
Yeah, I the 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 zoo and Landry Shamit minutes are way too low. We've got to we got to ride the starters, and in particular, we have to ride zoo. We have to ride zoo. Twenty one minutes is not enough. And I said it in February. I, I, I should bring the tweet up. The Clippers are going to get burned by the way they handle um, zoo. And look look what's happening. I mean, we've talked about his minutes all year. It, this has been the amount that we've talked about Zoo throughout the season on this podcast and how many minutes he's been getting and the production that he's had. I mean, every single person on Clippers Twitter has been asking for more Zoo. And there's a reason for it. The numbers back up that when he's on the floor, they're a better team. And when you make the adjustment in Game 3 to take Zoo out in the first couple of minutes so you can have him for the Bobon minutes and then not do that in Game 4... I just do not understand because you throw the advantage right back to Dallas when you have Trez on the floor against Boban. I mean, Rick Carlisle, by the way, could have easily thrown in Boban during this stretch when the Clippers were coming back with Marcus Morris at the five. And that could have ended up ended up being the end of the game for the Clippers in regulation. They could have lost that game. By the way, the Clippers did have a shot to win it at the end of regulation. You want Kawhi taking it. That was a miserable possession. I mean, that is not what you want. You had a lot of dribbling. I hate when that happens at the end of the position, at the end of the game. Move the ball on a possession and actually get a good look. But that being said, it's one of those things where if you're going to make the adjustment in game three and have him go against Boban, why go away from it in game four? That's what gets me, Justin. I'm I'm speechless. I'm speechless. Like, it's not hard to just match the minutes of Boban with Zoo, especially in a game in which you knew Boban was going to play more because KP was out. Right. Um, but instead, Doc Rivers let Trez get fucking killed by Boban, and the game turned almost immediately when Zoo went to the bench, and 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 Boban came in, and he just had a he he had his way with Trez. He's had his way with Trez all year, and it's just you know. It is what it is, man. It's a, it's a terrible performance. Terrible performance from Doc. Um, we've, we've got like three potential games left. Uh, you got to win two of them. So Boban had 10 points, 10.7 rebounds for Boban. I'm assuming you don't have this up, and I don't want you to look. If you had to guess what Boban's plus minus was in this game. That oh, I have it. It's right here. Oh, don't look. Don't look. Okay. Okay. It's pl- I haven't looked. Okay. I haven't looked. The Mavs won by two. What do you think Boban's plus minus was? I'm going to say um, at least, I'm going to guess at least 13 or something like that. 11. It's not rocket science, man. It's not rocket science. He was a plus 11. I mean, it just shows you, you got hurt when he was on the floor and you didn't make the adjustments. And that's what kills me. I I, I don't know how, I, 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 for the life of me, can't understand how Doc can get out coached this badly. Yeah. When it, it's so obvious. Like, like you, Boban comes in the game and you leave Trez out there to, like, get killed. Trez, who can't defend anybody, let alone defend a 7 4 guy, and he's getting torched and just, uh, again, I'm, I'm speechless. I'm speechless. Doc has about, Doc has three games left. To um to prove his medal as a coach, or or there's a very real chance he won't be back next year. Oh boy, and we will end on that one. Uh, game five prediction before you go. Game five prediction. 
Um, you know, I, I believe, um, I believe that the Clippers will win. How many minutes does Zoo they, play in Game Five? They, say that again. How many minutes do you think Zoo plays in Game Five? At least twenty-eight. Wow. I refuse to. I refuse to believe Doc Rivers is this incompetent. I wow. really do. I really do believe that Doc and the coaching staff they can't be this incompetent. They'll, they have to watch film and they will see. And I just don't. I can't imagine they um, continue on like this. So. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess Zoo plays 28 minutes around there, and the Clippers win by at least seven. Wow! All right. Well, you can follow him on Twitter at LA Clippers Film. Justin Wilson is the man and knows his hoops. He's joining me every single weekend to talk Clippers basketball during this playoff run. We were hoping that it would be a couple of months, and right now the Clippers are not making things easy on themselves as they lose this ball game. By a score of 135 to 133. Justin, as always, man, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hopefully, hopefully this won't be the last time for the season that, um, that I, that I come on here. Um, cause you know, it, it, this is danger time, man. We are in a dog fight. Like Dallas is legitimately good. I wanted to avoid them for this reason, but, um, I got faith. I got faith. We were the better team. We're the superior team. We have the best player in this series. And I think towards the end of this game, you kind of saw some adjustments that the Clippers were able to make that kind of undressed the Dallas Mavericks a bit. You saw, you saw what happened when Kawhi Leonard didn't willingly give up a switch on Luka Doncic. He was struggling to score for a very long time. And that, along with Marcus Morris at the center for much more, more minutes, um, those things could be key moving forward to get the Clippers out of this series, but we'll see what happens. Yes, we will. Justin Wilson at LA Clippers film. We'll talk to you next time. Big ups to Justin Wilson for hopping on right after that game ended. Uh, instant reaction. And that's when you have the passion involved. That's when you are not quite level-headed, but we tried to be as much as possible and give you some unbiased analysis on that game and just discuss what went wrong. And that really sucked, man. That that really sucked. It was a punch to the gut when that Luka 3 went in. And my thought process was, okay, he's far enough, but oh no, why is Reggie switched on to him? And then he took the 3, and as it was in the air, I said, oh no. That looked good when it was in the air. And it went through, and it's just an absolute punch to the gut. And we'll see how the Clippers rebound in Game 5. And I think the Clippers are still the favorites because they have Kawhi Leonard for no other reason than they have Kawhi Leonard. He won the NBA title with Toronto. He is an assassin. And if there's anybody in this series that I want, it's still Kawhi Leonard. But I got to tell you, man, Luka Doncic is right there. That guy is going to be a problem for years to come. And he's already a problem in this series at the age of 21. He is so damn good. And we'll see what the Clippers do defensively to slow him down, and we'll see if Chris Porzingis possibly comes back for Game 5. We'll see if Beverly comes back for Game 5, and we'll see what adjustments both coaches make. A big ups, once again, to Justin Wilson at LA Clippers Film for joining me. I'm Brandon Marcus, at BD Marcus is the Twitter handle. Hit me up if you want to talk some Clippers basketball, of course, at Hoopball Clips. That's where you can find the podcast when it's released, and of course, if you want to see Clippers news as well. Until next time, we'll hopefully be back after Game 5. If not, we'll be back after Game 6. 
I'm Brandon Marcus, and go Clips! This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.